Today is Sunday, July 12th, and you are listening to the MS is Messy podcast, hosted by yours truly. I can't believe this is already my seventh podcast, as I'm really enjoying this new and fun way to share my experiences living with a chronic illness. Before we go any further in this journey, though, I would like to take this a look back into the past to explore some of the factors that may have contributed to my eventual MS diagnosis. I was born and raised in Texas, the oldest of four to very young parents who did their very best under trying circumstances. Even though my dad, who was out of the military before I even entered elementary school, we were always on the move. My siblings and I were born in different Texas towns, eventually moving to Colorado in the middle of my eighth grade year. According to Multiple Sclerosis News Today, MS is common among people living in more temperate climates as opposed to the warmer zones, which Southern Texas definitely qualifies as. There are a couple of reasons this move north may have contributed to my eventual diagnosis. The same article explains how sunlight exposure allows the body to produce greater amounts of vitamin D naturally, and vitamin D supports immune function. As kids growing up in Texas, we spent all day, every day, being outside in the sunshine. So although although Colorado is quite sunny, even in the winter, its colder climate prevented as much outdoor play at a critical time in my immune system development. The timing of our move from Texas to Colorado may have also played a key role according to my research which suggests that staying out, staying put in a warm climate through adolescence can lower the chances of developing MS. In another study by Frontiers in Neurology, adverse childhood experiences are linked to multiple sclerosis. My parents both smoked, as did most people in the 60s and 70s, and we all know the dangers of secondhand smoke. I think back to sitting in the back seat on long car rides and inhaling the secondhand smoke until I was nauseated and dizzy. I even traveled from Colorado to New York when I was 19, where everyone in the car was smoking but me. Friends my age laugh at how many other dangerous chemicals we we were all exposed to as children. I remember running behind the big fogger trucks, spraying for mosquitoes when I was young because I liked the smell. We all know the dangers of DDT spray, which was banned in the U.S. more than 40 years ago. Another dangerous toxin readily available when I was younger was mercury. I remember sitting in biology class, rolling little balls of mercury between my fingers. We now know that mercury exposure can cause neurological damage. So if you get mercury on your skin, it's now recommended that you seek immediate medical attention. It's mind blowing to think about how little we used to know about the dangers of mercury and pesticides. Exposure to the Epstein-Barr virus in childhood has also been linked to a higher risk of contracting MS. Infectious mononucleosis, which is caused by delayed primary Epstein-Barr infection, increases the risk of developing MS, according to neural regeneration research. My best friend in high school had a bad case of mono, so maybe I had it too and didn't know it at the time. Besides environmental factors, stress plays a large role in developing and managing MS symptoms. Exposure to stress has long been suspected as a factor that can bring on and aggravate MS. The definition of stress is a state of mental or emotional strain resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. This is an accurate assessment of my childhood and early adult life. Our lives growing up were always in flux with very little stability. As I said earlier, my family moved many times before I even started school 
but when I did start first grade, we moved at least once a year until I started high school. I went to 12 different schools between the ages of 5 and 15, three schools in just the third grade alone. Although I didn't realize it at the time, it had to be very stressful to always be the new girl in class. I recall my mom wanting to have a birthday party for me in second grade a couple of months after we had moved to Corpus Christi. She had sent out the invitations, put up the decorations, had ordered a really cool Beatles cake, but not one person showed up. I had been so excited to have my classmates come over and was crushed when no one came. I remember I was sad for me, but even more so for my mom, who was just trying to create some sense of normalcy in the constant chaos that was our childhood. I was a sensitive kid and could sense the stress my mom was already always under trying to make the best of a bad situation. There are many other examples of how always being the new kid at school was stressful, like being quizzed on something I should have learned but missed because of the last school's curriculum would be totally different than the one I had just moved to. To this day, I don't know my Roman numerals, which fortunately doesn't come up too often. As I got into high school and we stayed put for once, I began to flourish both socially and academically. I went to a small high school where I was a gymnast, cheerleader, and class president, but anxious to get out from under the thumb of a controlling father, I got pregnant at 18 and married my high school sweetheart before I started college. This is when the real stress began for me as I was flung into adulthood way too early. I ended up having to quit college and go to work to support my small family. As happens with most teenage marriages, the pressure got to be too much and we divorced. Now I was struggling. Now I was a struggling single mother doing my best just to keep a roof over our head and food on the table. Inheriting that nomad bug from my dad, I moved and changed jobs way too much. When I was 26, I decided to transfer with my company to California. My sister lived there at the time, so after a fun vacation and visiting visiting her, I thought it would be a great place to live, which couldn't have been further from the truth. A couple of days after arriving, I remember being in the Ralph's parking lot, looking around and not knowing who I was or why I was there. A total out-of-body experience. That is how much stress I was under. Every day in California was a battle between finding a good babysitter for my daughter while I worked, driving for hours in wall-to-wall traffic jams, and dealing with a stalker neighbor who would block my garage so I couldn't get my car out. After living in California for a few months, I went to visit my parents in Arizona where I met my husband. After a few months more in a long distance relationship, I decided that my daughter and I were going to relocate to Arizona so we could be closer to both my parents and my boyfriend, now husband. Having a partner to help shoulder some of the responsibility of parenting and providing for my daughter was a huge weight off my shoulders, but I still had a stressful job and plenty of turmoil to deal with. I don't care who you are. If you're under the amount of constant stress I was on a daily basis, it's going to eventually manifest in your body as illness. Looking back, I developed some of my earliest symptoms of MS before I was even 30 and had full-blown MS by age 32, although I wasn't formally diagnosed until I was 37. When I recall all the factors in my life that led up to an eventual diagnosis of MS, I sometimes feel like I brought this on myself. I certainly didn't lead a healthy lifestyle and knowing what I do now might have done things differently. I have a very calm and predictable day-to-day existence now, which might seem boring to some, but I've had enough excitement for 10 lifetimes.